And so this morning, I'm calling this message Ancient Wells. Um, <clears throat> Luke has this thing that he's talking about. Um, the Lord really is dealing with our hearts right now. And he's really take, get, going into the deep parts of our hearts. And he's like, <laughs> and we're getting real uncomfortable with the Lord. I speak for myself, you know. It's real uncomfortable when the Lord comes and he starts um, searching your heart out. And, and shifting some things in your heart. And things that maybe were from a long time ago that you forgot about. You know, when something happens of trauma, of something happens of a situation, we sometimes just want to move on to the next thing so quickly that we don't want to even deal with sadness or pain or um, anything in our hearts that we just shove it down. And we're like, oh, I don't have time to deal with that right now. Let me just shove this down and let me move to the next thing. And we tend to do that a lot in our lives more than we realize. Um, and we don't deal with things. And even my upbringing, we were never taught to deal with issues and communicate as a family with one another and talk about situations. It's like it never happened. Let's just move on with life. It never happened. That bad situation never occurred. Let's just move on. And so that's the way I was taught growing up. So here I, here I come with the Lord now, and the Lord's like, no, you have to, you have to, you know, I was listening to somebody the other day, and they said this, and it was so good, how mental illness works. And men mental illness works with us not dealing with pain. And I was like, God, that's so good. Because you're trying not to process the pain that you've gone through in your life and you try to keep an avoidance of it so much that mentally in your mind, you, you're in this battle with yourself and it gets exhausting and tiring with the battle in your mind. And so um, the Lord has just been taking me through this process and, um, and, he, and he showed me in Luke in 645, it says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil stored up in his heart. That part stored up. How can you have something stored up? Because we push it down. Because we sit here and we push it down. And we have all these stored up things in our heart that we've never wanted to deal with. And then if you keep reading that verses for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I was like, how's our language, God? How are we speaking right now? What are we sounding like to others around us? Um, the heart speaks. You know, my husband has always told me this. The heart speaks the truth, you know. And, um, <laughs> and so in, passion, in the Passion Translation, I love the way they put it. Because it says people are known in the same way out of the virtue stored up in their hearts. Good and upright people will produce good fruit. But out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. When I go around somebody, I can tell, you know, we're going to, you know, even when we had this pantry, I could come around somebody and I could feel and I could hear their heart just by the way they spoke, just by the way they talked. You could hear and see even in children, you come around children and you'll hear their language and hear them speaking and you can tell the areas where they've had things happen to them in their lives. And so, um, 
So God's doing a work in our hearts right now. And he's trying to begin to do a work in our hearts. So that way when we speak and we do things for him, that it's going to look like him. We, and, 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 and we can avoid it all we want, but he's been pr- the pressing you've been feeling, the, the, <laughs> the pushing in certain areas that make you feel uncomfortable, that's the Lord right there. And he's trying to cause such a healing, a deep, deep healing in our hearts right now. I mean, deep, deep healing. And um, <laughs> um, Psalms 19, uh, let's, well, let's start with this one. The words of our mouth matter. Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. What we say out of our mouths has to begin to give grace to others around us. We have to be an extension of God's grace on how we receive people. And sometimes we don't. Psalms 19:14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Well, who are you going to meditate your heart on? The Lord. Your heart should be meditating on the Lord, seeking his face, really being focused on what he's trying to show us right now in our hearts. Let me tell you, I'm going through this. I'm, I'm very transparent. I'm going through this dissecting stage because the Lord was reminding me when I first came to know him, I was very, um, I was very new at everything that my coming to him, all I knew how to do with the Lord, honestly, like I didn't know scripture. I didn't know about the supernatural. I didn't know about uh, healing. I didn't know about anything. I just knew that I had found something of value. I felt it. I saw it. I knew that it was something good because I felt the goodness of God come to me. And all I could do with the Lord is cry to him and say how much I loved him. Because I felt like I had found something of treasure. I literally felt like I had won something great. And when I found it, I was like, I never want to let it go because of how it makes me feel. This is me not knowing scripture, not knowing. I don't know anything about the Lord at this moment. I'm on my face on the ground just saying how much I loved him. I was like, I don't even know you, God. I don't know anything about you. I don't understand you, but I just love you. And I love you right now because of how you make me feel, because of how he came in. And every time I cried out to him and every time I told him how much I loved him, that something was being transformed in my heart of past situations and past hurts and past wounds and past things I had gone through as a kid. And here comes this big huge God that I thought was so far away and all of a sudden I came to a realization that he wasn't far away and that I had access to him and that I had found the treasures that meant so much and so here I am crying out to him telling him man I just I just I don't know what else to say to you but that I love you that's where I started from with the Lord and the beginning of my ministry was birthed in love 
I mean, I would, I couldn't be mad at nobody. I couldn't, I couldn't be mad at nobody. I forgave very quickly. I, I just like, when I looked at people, I just saw Jesus on them, even though they were a mess. And everybody would say this, uh, uh, spoke this on my ministry. They're like, you just have such a ministry of love. And, um, and I still do, but the Lord is saying, now go deeper. There's a deeper love there. There's something deeper that I'm taking you into that surpasses even what you've known up to this point. And some of you are like, God, how could I even go deeper? Like, I just, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I've already got everything. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the worst thing in the prophetic is to feel that you've already got where you're supposed to be. That's the worst thing of knowledge, is to feel like you know everything of knowledge, even in your word, that it's such a, <laughs> it stops you from being hungry to get the more. And we have to remain hungry for more. It says uh, in Psalms 1914, uh, I mean, uh, Proverbs 1821, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. We have to speak life, not death. And many times we think, oh, we're speaking death on, on a, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll think of big things. But the Lord's like, no, even the little things. You're speaking death over your ministry sometimes. You're speaking death over things that I've called to come out of you, and you're not letting it come out because of whatever reason, but you have to speak life to it. You've got to get up in the morning, speak life over yourself and not death over yourself in certain areas. Psalms 141.3, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. You know, we've been talking for a long time in this ministry about the doors. And the greatest door that God has given us is our mouth and what we speak and the power with what we speak in our mouth. And if we're talking about God, open the doors, give us doors of opportunity. If we are not aligned in our mouth and with our lips with heaven, what we're going to speak out of our mouth and what we're speaking will agree with the enemy more than it will with heaven at times. And we can't do that anymore. Your heart and your mouth are connected with God, and he's doing a work in us. John 7, 37 and 39. On the last day of the feast, the great, I, I thought this is so awesome. They, he called it the great day. Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirst, let, me come, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow living waters. Now this said the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he's already talking to them that the living waters will flow out of your heart. And if our heart is not okay, and there's, you know, if, if you go to a river, you can tend to build a dam there in the river and the river, the, the river won't flow anymore. I've been to the Tennessee River, I've been to all these rivers, and if enough stuff came and built a dam or built a wall, the, the rivers couldn't flow anymore. You can go to a river 
or even these streams out here and see where rocks and debris has come and it's caused that flow not to happen anymore because there's been a buildup of junk or buildup of things there. That's exactly what happens in our hearts. We don't let the, and we need our hearts to flow with the Lord because the Lord comes and deposits his love inside of us that we become the vessel that pours out out of our heart the living waters. So if our heart's not okay and there's some hurt and there's some wounds there, what are we pouring out? Is there some obstruction there? Is there some walls there? You know, that's the first thing that closes up when you're hurt and you're wounded is your heart. All of a sudden, the walls go, go up. All of a sudden, you can't trust people. Oh, I'm not going to love people because what if they hurt me? I'm not going to overextend myself because what if they come in with bad motives and bad intents? And God's like, you're, you're cutting off the very thing that I'm trying to flow through you to pour out to others. And it's in our heart because that's where the overflow comes from of the living waters. I called the message today about ancient wells because Thursday night we were here and there was such a great atmosphere that came into the room. It was, <clears throat> I went and I had this encounter with the Lord and it was so powerful how the Lord began to show me this. And he began to show me how the work of our hearts that he's doing right now in the body of Christ is, is a part of our ancient inheritance and the ancient wells are going to start with us individually because he's taking us to the deep parts of our heart and inside of us right now that have to be mended and healed. And we have to begin to get rid of those things because I started seeing like I, I went in this thing with the Lord and I started seeing the past generations. And the Lord says, you've been in this warfare. You've been in this war with yourself because you're not just warfaring for you, but you're warfaring for the generations past and the generations moving forward. And here you are in the middle and you're in this tug of war of what you've been taught growing up and what you've seen of your parents and, and your grandpa and your grandma and your aunts and your uncles. And then you're in this war of what, what's new God wants to give you. And you're like right in the middle and it's become this tug of war, <laughs> you know? And so the Lord began to show me, he's like, you know, there's a lineage and there's a generation that you're pulling on and I've got to take you into this deep, deep place with me in your heart because there's wells inside of you that even the past generations never got to discover. And he began to show me my mom and the things my mom experienced, the good and the bad. And then and, and it came like a picture, like a movie to me. And I started seeing how my mom grew up and the things she went through. She was an orphan and she went through a lot of bad things in her life and she couldn't trust people and she was always a victim. And she went through all this stuff and I saw her life pass before me very quickly. My mom has gone to be with the Lord now. But the Lord is trying to show us that what our parents didn't do, what our grandparents didn't get to do, that he's give, the Lord is taking us through this deep process because we're going to have access to the things they didn't get to step into because of whatever reason. Every family is going to be different in here. Every family that's going to be watching, your situations are going to be different. Everybody grew up in a different way. So 
I saw my mom's life and I saw my dad's life and I was like, you know, opportunities my dad had that he didn't get to step into because his mom and dad didn't understand. And so I was like, so the Lord's now saying, okay, you're going to dig your wells very deep inside your heart. And there's such ancient wells that I'm trying to release right now with the past generations and the generations to come because I'm giving you the new and I'm taking the old. And it was so crazy because that night we had, we had somebody come and play the violin that night. And as soon as he walked in, the Lord sp spoke to me and said, oh, the, the, the living waters, the rivers have just shown up. And he played the violin. And I started seeing water seep from the violin and the strings of the violin. It's like that saying, the strings of my heart. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I knew that was the Lord. And then here comes Peter, and he's like talking about, he's in the worship, and he's like ancient wells. And the Lord began to show me the generations of the old, because he's an older gentleman who's from this land and from this region, and then shows me Peter. Peter's not from this land, and he represented the new generation. And I was like, oh, my God, like it's the old generation and the new generation coming together to dig the wells of the living water even on the land here. But he's starting with us. We don't want to hear that, but he's starting with us. <laughs> he's digging up parts of our soul that are so deep these wells that they go down so deep into your past generations of people that came before you in your family that believed in the things of God and the war has just it hasn't been just about you but the generations that were before you and that ones that are coming because God was always about generations he was all, when he had them cross the river, it was everybody. It was the young, it was the old, it was, it was every generation was represented in the crossing over of the river. He didn't say, oh, some old, oh, you know, so-and-so, you got to stay here, oh, you can't cross, oh, so-and-so, you can't cross. And I was like, <laughs> the ancient wells are trying to come out of the fountain city here in Bryan. There's wells here that people drove miles from where they lived at to come drink of the waters here. And I look at things in the spirit and I'm like, we've got to be the ones to give the, the water to the people when they show up in this place, when they show up at the pantry, when we walk the streets of Bryan, when we walk the streets in other areas, we've got to be the ones that extend the living waters to them and begin to pour into them the things that God wants to do. And I started seeing this. See, when you look at the, the past history, Wells always represented Harabashiti, a source of bringing life to a community. We have to be the life givers in this community where we're at right now. That's why God's sending us the baskets of hope. That's why we're doing the pantry. That's why all these things begin to spring up because they're bringing life to this community that, that, that fell dead somewhere. Somewhere in the generation, somewhere in that line, something happened. And let me tell you, what I've heard from being here, it's always been about hurt. It's always been about the wounds to one another, the division between one another, and I was like, God, 
they chose not to go through the process of the healing of their hearts. I've met people that have carried things for 40 years from these lands. And if God can't come in and flow through their hearts because there's walls and there's dams that have been built over the years, then God sent us here, us from Texas, who knew nothing of what was here on the land and said, okay, now you come in and you get, get and you know, and the Lord, <laughs> the enemy, of course, he's going to attack. He's going to bring us the counterfeit. He's going to bring us all this mess. But we still have the choice to say, God, dissect my heart. Heal my heart. Let the enemy come in. Yeah, he came in. Yeah, he stole. Yeah, he robbed. Yeah, he hurt. But you know what? We got to persevere through that. And we have to stand our ground of what God is speaking to this generation and to the generations past to bring everything together for what? For his glory. Not for our glory, but for his glory. That if that what people are going to see is Jesus, when we begin to get our hearts right with him, he can begin to flow through us and we become the hands and the feet of Jesus. And when the Lord hits us with Holy Spirit, we begin to show that love and that compassion towards people that it begins to flow from heaven through our hearts to those. Love is a very powerful thing. For he loves the world that he gave his only son, right? How much more powerful can that be? God's doing something right now. And I started reading this and I was like, I was like, man, Lord, I said, this is so awesome. The waters that you're helping us to produce. Let's go to John 4. Let's start on 4 4. And the Lord gives me this example. And everybody knows this story, but I'm bringing this story to a now time. He had to go through Samaria on the way, eventually of Sakar near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. There's the generations right there. Jacob gives it to Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat weary beside the well at noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. And he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised, for the Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, You are a Jew, a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? We can be like that in the body of Christ. Who am I, God? Why are you asking me for a drink? Do you know how messed up I am? Do you know my past? Do you know all the things I've been through in my life? <laughs> and, I'm <laughs> and I'm listening to the story, and I'm like, we have all been there before. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you're speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you the living waters. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. Here's the mindset. You don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. She's describing the well, and she's saying this well is very deep. Where, wh where would you get this living water? 
And besides, you think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob? <laughs> Who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? <laughs> pride, right? Little pride there coming out. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon come thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. And it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So come to a now time, okay? God is trying to make us the living waters. He's trying that when somebody comes and needs a drink of his goodness and they need the refreshing and they need the waters, that you have sweet water to give them. Not bitter water, but sweet water. And the one that can give us the sweet water within ourselves and our hearts is the Lord. So we have to go through this process with him that he's doing with us because he's taking us to a place, a very new place with him. And he's saying, what are you going to serve up to the people? Are you going to give them bitter water from a bitter heart? Are you going to give them the sweet water that I'm beginning to produce in you? And <laughs> there's this, uh, I think I have it on here. There was a lot of things that he began to show me. And he's like, there's a stirring happening. And I began to see this spoon just stirring and stirring and stirring. Well, when you stir a pot, the stuff on the bottom begins to come up, right? <laughs> he's stirring our pot right now. <laughs> and some things are coming to the surface. And we don't like the things that are coming up to the surface right now. And we're like, I had that there, God? And God's like, yeah, honey, you've been holding on to that since you were a kid. Yeah, honey, you've had that sitting there since 19-whatever. You've had that sitting there since so-and-so. And God's bringing it up, and he's stirring you up. So at the, time, the same time as you're getting stirred up for him, and you feel yourself coming closer to him, at the same time, he's showing you stuff to get rid of. And we have a choice to look at those things and get rid of them or to hold on to them because they bring us comfort. And the Lord's like, this is not the time to hold on to those things in your heart. I literally was before the Lord yesterday as the men were gathered together and I was on the floor with the Lord. And I said, God, search my heart. And whatever's in there, don't let it be in there anymore. Whatever's in there that you didn't put in there, Mend it, heal it, get rid of it, whatever you're doing. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, God, just shake it all off of me. And it's the shaking and the sound working together as one this season. As we are being shooken, the sound of heaven and the sound of even our worship and our praise to him will become the incense that Peter was talking about this morning. Let our incense be beautiful to you. Let them smell so good. The burning of your heart is what drives you to continue to praise the Lord. But if your heart has all these holes, if it has all these walls, if it's had some dams built along the way, the Lord's like, it can't contain 
what I'm trying to fill it with. It will pour out of your vessel. If you're broken and you take a broken jar and he begins to fill it with water, it is just going to come all out of the broken parts that are inside of you. And it can't sustain itself to be a container for what he's trying to pour out right now. And I'm telling you, it is hard. It is a process you go through. But this whole process of your heart begins to shift you into his promises. It began because what is the one thing when the people were trying to leave Egypt, what is the one thing that the, that God had to do with the Pharaoh? He hardened his heart on purpose. He hardened Pharaoh's heart on purpose. That way he would come to a desperate need. He'd come to a desperate state to eventually just give up and say, leave, take everything with you and don't ever come back. Only God can come in and deal with our hearts. He is the only one that can get his hand and come and touch our hearts and mend things and make things whole and bring us into the newness that he has for us. Only by his hand can he move the heart of man. Nobody else. You can pray for somebody till you're blue in the face. You can repent for them. You can travail for them. You can be an intercession for them. But it's up to God to go touch their hearts. Can we stand this morning? It's hard to let go of old things when you've become accustomed to them in your life. And how you pray and how you respond to God because of your situation of your heart, it matters. Because if your heart's a mess, the way you pray is going to come from that. The way that you perceive things is going to come from that. The way that you uh, uh, get a revelation and your perspective of it is going to come from that part of your heart. So God's like, let me deal with your heart. And I remember when, when I first came to know the Lord, I would come up to the altar 50 million times. And I would always tell the Lord, Lord, deal with my heart. I knew that there was power in what was in my heart, whether it was good or it was bad. Because when you're hurt and you're offended, your mouth begins to speak what your heart is feeling. And if you're feeling pain and hurt in your heart, what happens is you say things out of your mouth that line up with that hurt and that pain and that wound in your heart. And you begin to become judgmental. And you become to get in this bitter place that you're not even aware of. Just becomes you come to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and every Thursday. Maybe all week you come to church. But you've never actually come to the Lord and say, Lord, speak to my heart. Shift things in my heart. Pull the things out of my heart that you never put there, Lord. Begin to pluck them out. Let the walls of my heart begin to fall. Let the dams that I have built over years begin to be removed. Because what we have to gain is what our parents and our ancestors didn't get to walk in. What we have to gain is the next generation that comes after us. That they're going to be moved by the love of Jesus. And they're not going to be moved anymore from a wounded heart or a hope defer that makes the heart sick. It can't be there anymore. 
See, hope deferred comes and it presents itself when you get excited about something and then you don't see it happen. I've been there. I know what that feels like. And God's like, but did you look at it from my perspective? Did you look at the very thing you were deferred in your hope and your heart with? Did you come to me with it? Did you say, did you come to me and say, God, bring me understanding on this? Because I don't understand it with myself. But if I bring it to you, God, you'll dissect it. And you'll say, this is where I was at in this situation. This is what I'm doing with your spouse. This is what I'm doing with your, with your mother and your father. This is what I'm doing with your family right now. And we look at it in the natural and we don't get it. We don't understand it. But you take the matters of the heart to God and let him do it. And then he comes in and he's the one that has all control over our heart. And then we can love again the way we were always created to love from the very beginning with an untainted heart, with an unoffended, unwounded heart that will be made whole through his hand. God, I just pray right now, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you take us through the process in our heart this morning, Lord. That whatever's there in our heart that you didn't put there, Lord, that you begin to pluck it out of our hearts right now, Lord. Help us to forgive again, God. And not just to forgive by saying we forgive somebody, that we begin to forgive people, Lord, in our hearts, God. Because what you have in store for us this season, God, harabashiti, those ancient wells that you're even trying <laughs> to resurrect from the grounds here, Lord, that we can't resurrect those things in the ground here, God, if our hearts are not prepared for it, God. Prepare our hearts this morning, Lord. Prepare our hearts, God, to move in compassion for those around us, God. Prepare our hearts to begin to serve one another, God, to begin to honor one another, God, through your Holy Spirit again, God. God, and forgive us, Lord, if we've lost our way in that area, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, if we lost the moments, God, with you, Lord. Oh, I pray that you touch every heart in here, God. God, I pray that you touch every person watching right now, Lord. That you go mend every wound, God. That you help them to forgive those, God, that have trespassed against them, Lord. Let the forgiveness, Lord, of your Holy Spirit come in our midst again, Lord. Even when we don't understand it, God, that in our hearts, we begin to forgive. We begin to let go of things, God, that we've hold on to. We've held on to it way too long, Lord. But we need to do this process, Lord. So give us strength in this process, Lord. <laughs> it's the burning in our hearts that will bring and birth revival, Lord. It's the burning of our hearts, God, that will continue to keep us in humility, God, and get rid of pride, God. It's the burning of our hearts, God, that bring us closer to you, Lord. And all we want is to be closer to you, Father. 
that we begin to lay our heads again on your chest and hear your heart beating, God. That your heart and our heart would be so connected that it would flow from your heart to our heart right now, Lord. We would be on your heartbeat. Whatever's on your heart is what we're going to pray, Lord. Whatever's on your heart is what we're going to do, Lord, for the body of Christ, Lord. Whatever's in your heart, God, we're going to begin to hear it again, Lord. And the heartbeat of even this region, Lord, would begin to be birthed again, Lord. How they burned in their hearts for you, God. That your hand and your touch will come again on the lands, God. And the living waters would begin to come again, Lord. The overflow of our hearts would begin to release the living waters through all of our hearts, God. In Jesus' name, amen.